of grace to you and peace from our God and Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Well, dear friends, one of the things that happens in the life of a believer is that perhaps not, not even knowing it or realizing it, they begin to question if all of their sin is really forgiven. No, often in the, the past year, especially I've kind of, you know, joked with you maybe about, you know, minor examples. You know, we talked about, you know, breaking the plate, right? You know, you broke the plate when you were four and, and your mom came and said, what happened to the plate? And you said, I don't know. Must have been the train going by, you know, shaking the walls. I, I shared with you my, my own personal example. You know, my dad had his favorite shotgun in a, a box, you know, display box up on the wall. And I'm, you know, knocking the ball around and I knocked the shotgun out of the box and broke the stock. You know, I say, well, yeah, those kinds of sins, they, they can be forgiven. Yeah, yeah, I accept that. But sometimes, you know, you're ministering to, to someone in, in your family. Of course, you know, it's on your spouse's side of the family. You know, it's not your side of the family. It's, it's that other side. But they have something in their past that is worse than breaking the plate. It's worse than, you know, you, you broke your, your dad's shotgun because you were careless. You know, it, it, it's something, you know, really big, right? It, it really mattered. And, and you, you maybe, you know, you say to yourself, well, was that covered too? Right? Something terrible. There was a, a, a man, you know, a bad man, right? Bad guy. Is being interviewed, and, and they said, you know, what is the worst thing you ever did, right? Because, you know, kind of morbid, you know, people are kind of curious. What is the worst thing you ever did? And, and he, he related the following story. He said, you know, my, my, my crew and I were, were casing this apartment building. You know, wealthy people lived there. And, you know, the husband and, and wife, we found this one apartment where they both went to work every day. And so we, we waited for what we thought was the, the right time, and we broke in the apartment. We're going to, you know, just clean it out and take all of their stuff. And I walked in the bedroom. The wife didn't go to work. And now she's seen my face. I asked her if she had any last wishes, and, and she said, yeah, she wanted to say the Lord's Prayer. And so she got down on her knees, and, and she said the Lord's Prayer, and I showed her. Right? That's the worst thing he said he ever did. And you, you reflect on that and say, you know, is that, was that God's will? Right? That that uh, dear lady feeling sick that day would make the decision to call in and, and stay home from her job. And the result is, you know, she is murdered in her own apartment. Right? Is that God's will? And, and you know, you, you and I, maybe we understand, right? When bad things happen, that is called 
sin, isn't it? That's the opposite of doing God's will. You may think about, about King Saul way back in the Old Testament. You know, the nation of Israel had just kind of risen to prominence and, and they wanted a king and, and they looked around and, and there was Saul. And we're told in the scripture, you know, he was head and shoulders above everyone else, right? He, he was tall and, and he was physically attractive and, and he was energetic and he was charismatic. And the people all called out and, and they said, we want this guy for our king. And, and he's anointed as the king. And, you know, he, he's brave and he's doing well in battles and, and, you know, he's bringing the country together and everybody is, is so happy. But you, you kind of remember in, in the history there came that day when Goliath of the Philistines came to stand against the nation of Israel. And Goliath, he began to call out and he said, you know, come and face me in single combat. And Saul became afraid. He didn't want to go out. You know, what, what if I go out and I lose? And I, I die. Or the, the people think less of me. And we all get sold into slavery. Now what, what, what happens when I fail? And so, you know, David, the shepherd boy, you know, just takes his sling and a couple stones out into the field of battle. He slays the giant. And now David is rising in prominence and Saul is becoming depressed. He, he begins to, to make bad decisions. Eventually going into battle, instead of seeking uh, the Lord, instead of talking to the, the prophets, in, instead of doing some of the things we, we hope a, a king of a godly nation would do, we're told he goes to visit a witch, a, a soothsayer. And the, the scripture records that, you know, the, this... Uh, which actually could perform her arts. She is able to summon from the dead an ancient prophet of Israel. The prophet then speaks to King Saul and tells him, you're going to die. Your kids are going to die. Your line's going to be wiped out because you have done this thing. Now, again, we ask ourselves, was that God's will for King Saul? No, he, he was the king. God wanted him to be successful. God wanted him to, to do great, marvelous things. But because of his sin, right, he, he messed it up. He, he blew it. Again, we ask that question, though. Okay, I'm, I'm going to minister to, to someone uh, from my family, someone who, who's done something uh, horrible. I don't know, what's the most horrible thing you, you can think of? Right? Well, your, your, your spouse, you know, your spouse's uncle. What was it? Your, 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 your spouse's uncle used to, you know, sell drugs to kids. Well, that's pretty terrible. Certainly not God's will. Right? It's never, you know, God's will that one of the, the little children would, you know, be exposed to drugs. 
No, God says, and in fact, that, you know, his holy angels are around his throne. They're reporting to him every day the things that are happening in the little child's life. Never part of God's will that something like that would happen. But, you know, unfortunately, you know, somebody in your family has committed a sin of that kind of magnitude. You know, you, you want to go and witness to them. You, you want to go and, and share with them uh, about God's love and the redemption found in Christ. Because you want them to change, right? Jesus Christ changes people's lives. You, you want something different for them. You, you don't want them to be in hell for eternity. Right? You, you, you want to lift them back up again. You want there to be a difference. But then can you say, you know, your sin is forgiven. Well, uh, ho- hopefully you've never been in that kind of a, a situation. Right? That your, your sin is that great, but are you forgiven? That's the question. I shared with you just a, a simple example, you know, a month or two ago. You know, a young man, you know, growing up really likes video games. And that's all he wants to do. He, he comes home from school and to recover from school, he needs to play video games. And the, the weekend is going by. And that's all he can do is play his video games. His mom, of course, is in a little bit of conflict with him because he won't do chores, right? He, he won't help out around the house. Um, you know, he, he's getting bad grades. And so, you know, mom is kind of pestering him. Yeah. And, and I, I, I told you what he did. He, you know, he, he said, you know, one day I was so fed up with my mom. I put my mom in a headlock and I told her I hated her. I told her even I wish that she was dead because then she couldn't pester me about my video games. What he said to his mom. But then coming to repentance, coming to ask his mom for forgiveness, coming to understand his sinful behavior that he was not doing what God wanted him to be doing. He was sinning, not doing God's will. Deep in his heart, you know, he he comes to the pastor and he says, you know what? Mom says she forgave me, but how can what I did be forgiven? How can that be forgiven? I told my mom I hated her. I, I told her I wish she was dead. How can I be forgiven? How can that happen? You see, dear friends, you and I, we're kind of used to earning our way, aren't we? Especially here in the United States, right? Especially, you know, going from previous generations, right? You're supposed to earn your way. Yeah? You went to school and you had to earn your grades, right? You know, your, your fourth grade teacher didn't come by watching you take the math final test at the end of your fourth grade year and go, oh, hey, here's some answers. Right? I want you to get a good grade. Yeah, that, that, that answer is three and a half, and, and that one's seven. Yeah, yeah, let me help you. No, yeah, you, you had to earn your way, right? 
And, and you know, you're growing up and you had to earn your grades and, and then you got your first job, you know, and, and your employer was even tougher than your mom or dad ever was. And you start to, to reflect on how much your mom and dad loved you because your employer didn't care. And you had to earn your way in the world. And if there's something of value, right? You have to earn it. And then you come to the church and you think to yourself, well, you know, okay, you know, maybe some of those little sins, I, I broke the plate, maybe that's free. But what about when? What about the guy that told his mom he hated her? Wish she was dead so he could play more video games without being pestered. What about that uncle you had that sold some drugs and some of the people that bought drugs were kids? What about that guy? What about people that have committed a grievous sin? Can they really be forgiven? And if somehow it's you, now, if today, as I'm giving this sermon, you're thinking about whatever that thing was, you know, 10 years ago, I, I, I did that thing. It was pretty bad. Is it really forgiven? Is it really taken care of? Or do I have to pay something myself? And, and so then you start to punish yourself, right? Maybe it wasn't even your fault. You know, in, in the past, I told you the story of the young man, an engineering student at the university, right? His dad declares bankruptcy. And, and his dad flees from the, the creditor, right? And there's all this money that's owed and people's lives are are ruined and, and the, the young man is working two or three, you know, part-time jobs now instead of being able to be at the university, you know, just to try to make ends meet and, and support himself. And the creditors, they find out where the son lives. Right? They, they want something back. They want something returned to them. Your father ruined my life. Eventually, the, the young man kind of breaks down under the pressure, and he, he says to, to one of the, the people that's accusing him and his family, he, he says, I, I understand, sir, I don't have any money to give you, but I promise I'll never smile again. I, I understand the, the weight, the magnitude. I, I know what my father did to you. I know how it affected your family, and I, I can't make it up, but... I promise I'll never smile again. Are we there today? Right? This thing happened. And maybe it wasn't even my fault. But my family was involved with it. And I will pay it back somehow. I will even never smile again if that will make up for it. And dear friends, so many Christians are going through their life thinking, right, I've got to make it up. I've got to pay 
it back. There, there has to be something I can do. It, it's kind of like, you know, you're a, a mom and dad, and you, you, you really you know, love your, your kid, you want them to have a nice car. Right? They're going off to the, the university, they're going to be able to need to go around it, you know, and, and, and you said, you know what, I, we, we can't really afford it, but, you know, here's your $40,000 car, mom and I paid 10000 down, all you have to do is keep up the payment. Do the insurance. And sometimes you and I, we approach our Christian life in just that same way, right? I sure am glad Jesus Christ made the down payment. It sure is wonderful that when he died on the cross, I don't have to worry about I lied to my mom about the plates. And it, it sure is good that he was willing to do that for me. And all I got to do is you know, pay the 300 a month and I get to keep the whole thing. All I got to do is make the payments. Isn't that wonderful? And that, that's sometimes how we approach it, isn't it? The thing, the sin in my life, it was so big, not even Jesus could cover it. And so if I promise to never smile again, maybe that can do it. If I promise to do a lot of good works in the future, maybe that can cover it. You know, if I just make myself feel miserable, maybe somehow that's paying back the interest. And dear friends, I, I got to tell you today, that is not the case, right? Jesus' death on the cross paid for it all. When you're going to witness to that, that friend, that family member that has some, you know, deep sin in their past, you have a wonderful message to be able to share with them. Right? You don't have to punish yourself to make it up. You, you don't have to go through life never smiling again. You, you don't have to think to yourself, when is the other shoe going to drop? Because that, that thing I, I did, you know, God surely is going to get me still. I better be careful. Now, the fact of the matter is, you know, Jesus' crucifixion paid the entire price. Now, all, all someone like King Saul had to do was get on their knees before the living God and cry out and say, I, I messed up. I know I did. Lord, please forgive me. And that forgiveness of God would have flowed to him as well. Now, the marvelous mercy that is found in Jesus Christ will cleanse your hearts and your minds from all sin. That's the promise. Now here we are, we're facing a, a new year. We're about to turn over the calendar page. And what do we like about the new year? Well, it's new. I, I haven't messed up yet. I, I haven't did anything wrong yet. You know, so, sometimes we, we hear about people, they just kind of run away, right? 
Now, why, why, why do they, why do they run away? I want a new life. I want to start fresh. If I just get down to Florida, right, I can start fresh and I can have a new life. Won't that be great? They're down in Florida. Well, the, the problem is I take myself along. <laughs> that I'm, I'm still me. I, I still have all my, my hang-ups. I still have my, my sin patterns. I, I still don't have the full forgiveness found in Jesus. I'm still the same kind of old Adam, old Eve, you know. It doesn't work out. I can't seem to start fresh, but I like that idea. Wouldn't that be nice? Brand new life. Brand new opportunity. Well, guess what? When you have that forgiveness found in Jesus Christ, you have your new life right here. It's right now. Yeah, you don't have to wait for some magical day in the future. You don't have to punish yourself for the next seven years to make up for what your dad did. You don't have to make the promise you're never going to smile again like that one young fella did. And it can make up for the guilt that you feel. But you can experience that forgiveness right here and now. Your sins forgiven. Now, ho- hopefully, if I, I ask you, you know, you think that that pastor across that's a pretty good guy, you know, maybe one or two people would raise their hand at least. And so, you know, pastor, you know, pastor comes in and he says, Hey, your sins are forgiven. You say, Well, he's a pretty good guy. And he says, My sins are forgiven. And I, I guess maybe I can forget about the, the time I broke the plate. He's a good guy. He, he said, I'm forgiven. But, you know, dear friends, you have something more, don't you? And so here again, the word of our Lord. In the stead and by the command of my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, I forgive you all of your sins. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And may the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be in your hearts and minds, now and always. Amen.